0: Verma 365 acknowledges that our work in the community takes place on the traditional lands of many Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. And therefore, we respectfully recognise their elders past and present and the ongoing custodianship of the land and water by all members of these communities. Welcome to Get Real Talking Mental Health and Disability. I'm Emily Webb. You're going to hear our final Living Experience episode in our special mini series on foster carers, who share realities of this vital community role, the ups and downs, and how they change the lives of the children they care for, and how their lives are changed too. Alison is an Aboriginal woman in Victoria's Gippsland region. She's a mum, grandmother, and a foster carer of more than 25 years, who has a particular passion and skill in caring for teenagers. These conversations have been produced in collaboration with Fostering Connections, a joint initiative of foster care agencies across metropolitan and regional Victoria. Now, let's hear from Alison.
1: My childhood was hard. I lived with an abusive father, with my sister and my brother and my mum, and we left Gippsland when I was eight due to that abuse. So there was quite a lot of trauma, and I think that's why I care for children because I understand it. Back then, there wasn't support for my mum. There was nothing like there is today. So she tried to protect us as much as she possibly could. I think it really started back when my girlfriend two daughters were struggling at home with the stepfather and they come to stay with me. And I had them for years. They were teenagers, so that wasn't through foster care. So my daughter was 15 and she had a friend, a young boy who was 15, and he come to stay for the weekend. Well, he didn't want to go home and he told me he was in foster care. So, of course, I had to contact the department and he stayed. That's how it really started. That was 25 years ago. And I'm still in contact with him. I had a four-year-old come to live with us, and he was so tiny. I mean, he was very tiny for a four-year-old. It took probably four or five days for him to even talk. we would put him into bed at night, tuck him in, and I'd go to check on him before I went to bed, and he'd be on the floor because he'd been homeless, so he was more comfortable on the floor with the doona over his head. probably took about a month for him to actually sleep in the bed With trusted children, it's those little wins. Other people don't really understand that. And he would wet the bed every night. It took two months for him to wake me up in the middle of the night to say, I've wet the bed, which that is a massive trust. That was 11 years ago, and he still lives with me. To be a carer, you need to understand your own trauma first. If you've had trauma, you need to understand that to be able to care for a child. Because if you have a child that has behaviours that is violent, for instance, like you have a child that's hitting you, that can bring back your own trauma. So you need to have dealt with that to be able to become a carer, to be able to be a good carer for that child. So seeing a psychologist and having supports for yourself before you become that carer is so important. I see a psychologist on a fortnightly basis for myself and to help with the different behaviours with my children. I started off with teenagers and I was either respite, short term, long term, I did did all of it. Did that for many, many, many years. And then once my seventeen year old now was little, I changed to younger children. Teenagers have lots of problems and you need they need so much more attention because you need to work so hard to get trust from them, and that takes a lot. And I was the carer who was out in the middle of the night bringing those kids home, so um, I couldn't do that with a baby. (laughs) It is very hard to get carers for teenagers, because teenagers are set in their own way. Teenagers could have had trauma for such a long time and haven't had help. So it takes that more effort to help that child. But if you can get their trust, you've won. Like the young man that came to live with me, I got a phone call. This is for instance, I got a phone call, he was at a youth place and he was upending tables and chairs and yelling and screaming and they called me to go down there. So I went down there and he would go into these rages where he didn't even know who he was or where he was. So I had to walk in. He called me mum and I got there and I just gently put my hands on his shoulders and said, it's okay, mum's here, mum's here. And he just glared at me and looked at me and said, I'm so sorry. And I took him home. And then we have to do a lot of talking, a lot of calming down, talking about what just happened and a lot of nurturing, of something like that. I've had a child that didn't know what any vegetables were. And they were seven years old there's lots of lots of little things that people take for granted that children in care have never had or don't understand about like i had a young girl who didn't know how to play she was six years old she'd never had a doll so the good story to that is she learned how to play sometimes it's hard but it's so rewarding it really is just those little things like a child doing the dishes. Like a child learning to play, a child learning to brush their teeth, you know, having a toothbrush for the first time, coming to you in the middle of the night because they're scared. You know, they're all massive things. A lot of parents don't get the help they need, and most of the time they've come from a trauma background. So if you don't receive that help, then it just continues the same thing over and over again. I do believe that when the children are removed, that the Parents need more support for those children to be able to go back to them. They need that extra support, whether it's housing, whether it's mental health. I know of one lot of parents that absolutely love their child, and I mean just as much as me or you love our children, but they just cannot look after them. Mentally, physically, they just cannot do it, and that is sad for them. As a carer, sometimes you can't have a relationship with the parents because sometimes it is too just too hard because the parents despise you for having their children but sometimes if you can connect with that parent it is better for the child i'm the one who does the accesses for one of my children with the mum the mum's partner the siblings and all the extended family and they welcome me and we talk about how the child's going how what's happening at school if there's been a doctor's appointment if there's a tooth fall out? absolutely everything and we have such a good connection but the child can see that so that makes him feel more relaxed being at accesses and having those contacts and you can't always do it but if you can it's so important to not think about why the child was removed to try and help the child with that relationship with their family So I think first off a child should have a culture support plan that is so important for any child that comes into care so they know where they've come from. As they're older they can read back on who their family is, where they've come from, their great-grandfathers, everything is written in a culture plan which is so good for a child. Before we moved we were well connected to Aboriginal community but since we've moved it's been a bit harder. We haven't um connected yet but we will get there. I know we'll find the supports in some some way. Most towns or not tiny little towns, but most country most most towns have a gathering place and that's a really good place to go for um Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders and you can meet up with elders. A lot of places have youth groups for children or homework clubs that they can join. Any events is so good to go to. I personally do a lot of reading. A lot of Googling, all about trying to learn all about different cultures. Anybody can become a foster carer. Whether you're in the same-sex same relationship, if you're single like me, it doesn't matter what colour skin you are. You work with a team. There is lots of people in a team for a child, and that's paramount that you work with the team to be able to get the best outcome for the child i always give children choices so say my 11 year old decided he wants to throw something through the window so you you cannot ever raise your voice it's always got to be calm and i would say something to him like now you have a choice sweetheart if you throw that through the window then somebody could get hurt then we're going to have to pay for the window to get fixed but if you choose to maybe go for a run around the block maybe ride your bike Maybe jump on the trampoline to get rid of that anger. That would be a better choice. Children in care have no control over their life. It's been it's, They've been removed. They don't have that anymore. So if you're giving them choices, they've got some sort of control. So even if it's down to do you want Vegemite or peanut butter on your sandwich, not just automatically make a Vegemite sandwich. Give them choices so they've got a little bit of control in their life because it's hard. They've just been removed. They've just... A whole life's up-ended. They're in a family they don't know. Different smells, different rules for another thing. That can be massive. So I have expectations. Of course, they're all. it's different for different ages because you can't expect something for a four-year-old and a seven-year-old is going to be totally different. But because I have had children in the past that can be violent, so we use our lounge room as a safe place. No one yells or screams in our safe place. No one throws things at each other in the safe place that is a place for us all to come together and feel safe routine it all has to be about routine especially for the 11 year old it's shower at the same time it's breakfast the same time leave for school at the same time dinner at the same time as much as possible there is only five of us in the house at the moment so i was cooking and cleaning for 11 so five five is very easy I still cook for 11 and there's only five in the house, but it is a lot easier. You just get into a routine and you just do that routine. It can be uphealed when you've got to pick a child up because they've just been suspended or a child has an emergency appointment or you've got meetings after meetings with child protection and you've got psychologists and you've got lots of things going on. Routine is what it's all about. Most nights I have to have two separate meals because one child is very fussy. Sometimes it can be hard. I set out what I'm going to cook for the week, so then I know exactly what I'm going to cook. But my meals are pretty basic. We might have steak and veggies. Everybody will eat that except for, you know, one child won't eat peas, one child won't eat this. So I have my plate set out the same place every time. So when I dish up, I know who has what and you can just do it spaghetti bolognese one child won't eat that which that's a pretty classic but nope they all love chicken schnitzel they all love roast lamb three eat roast pork they love fried rice except one there's plain rice beef and black bean they love that i suppose i've been doing it so long it's just routine of this one will get peas this one won't this one will get cauliflower this one won't it's just what you do i have everything in my phone it goes ding ding every morning to let me know what exactly what's going on for the day. Sometimes yes, it can be two appointments and I'll have to reschedule one, but usually we're pretty good. I love shopping. That is my go to thing shopping. I love gardening, reading, spending time with my grandchildren. That is massive for me. And try to have lunch with my sister at least once a fortnight. I mean she comes for tea once a week, so that's, that's good. Spending, spending time with my kids, my older children, my grandchildren, as well. I love to do. My children say to me, I'll drop dead and I'll still have foster children. Uh, yes, I definitely will continue. I have, at the moment, two 17-year-olds, a 15-year-old and an 11-year-old. But once the older two move on a little bit, then I will have more children. And I think I'll go back to teenagers then, more so than younger ones. Respite is... For carers who need a break. And it also gives the child another set of adults that they can learn to trust. And it gives you time, especially if you've got your own biological children, it can give you time to spend with them. And as a carer, give you a break. The 11 year old goes to a disability respite house because he has a lot of behaviours. So we all need a break from that sometimes. I also have the support of my older children. My daughter has just become a kinship carer for my 11-year-old, so he goes and stays with her quite a lot. So he loves being with her and being with her children because he says that that's his sister and, you know, he's uncle. So it's really important to get that break because you need to reset yourself sometimes. I would suggest to register for an information session. That's the best way to get information on what you will need to know. The information sessions are very good. There's lots and lots you'll learn on that night. Sometimes they can be over two nights, but they are very interesting and I just think it gives you a guideline of what fostering is about. There's lots and lots of children out there who just need to be safe in their environment. So if there's anybody who is thinking about it, please please go ahead.
0: Thanks to our guest, Alison, and to Fostering Connections. For our listeners, if you have been affected by anything discussed in this episode, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14. There's also 13 Yarn on 13 92 76, which is a 24-7 crisis support for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Find out more about FOS Find out more about being a foster carer at fosteringconnections.com.au. Details will be in the show notes for this episode. Join us next time on Get Real for more conversations about mental health. If you're enjoying the podcast, we'd love you to share Get Real with your friends and networks and leave us a review on your preferred listening platform. Reviews help more people to find us. Thanks for listening. See you next time.